0: One chance, one life, one take, little room for mistake. Who do you? Want Hello, and welcome to be? the Dead Funny, Dead Serious podcast. This is the new series of end of life professionals. Uh, if you were tuned into the last series, which was 30 end of life dualism, in 30 days, I have no um, number and no timeline on this new series. So, <laughs> welcome. We keep going. It's just so interesting. I get to meet very cool people like Kate Manzer. And her project is "You Might Die Tomorrow." Hi, Kate.
1: Hello, 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 and happy today.
0: <laughs> Yay! So excited. Finally, we here. get to c- connect. Right? Yeah. Kate and I have been following each other for quite a while, and this is our first time meeting. Um, but I just want to let's get going and share what it is you do. I have a feeling that the first two questions are kind of your what do you do and and why did you start doing it. I have a feeling they're going to blend together. So.
1: Well, number one, I'm trying to enjoy my life every single day that I'm alive, right? Like, I never thought about death until I had to think about death. And um, I had an awakening back in 2015 where I had three friends of mine die in the span of six months and just in an unrelated events. Um, and that caused me to sink into, I think, something that we both experienced, which is deep, deep death anxiety where I couldn't sleep. I was afraid to drive my car. Every time the phone rang, I thought I was going to jump out of my skin because the, it of course was another Sometimes. one of those calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I spent a year like that and I had other factors going on in my life. I was in an unhappy marriage at the time. So there it was just a heavy time in my life, but death anxiety was for sure the, the main weight that was on my shoulders and counterintuitively What popped me out of death anxiety and created this awakening for me was a fourth friend of mine died he was climbing Mount Everest when the Nepal earthquake struck in 2015. And he was a guy that I followed and had a crush on and was just like this adventure spirit animal for me. I mean, he was climbing Mount Everest for gosh sakes. right? Right. And he dated a celebrity and worked with me at Google, except was way higher ranking and had a way cooler job than me. And he was just someone that I really looked up to. And so then when he died, At first, of course, I was really angry. Like, why climb Mount Everest? You know, here I am in death anxiety. I'm barely leaving my house. And here he is climbing Mount Everest. And I was so angry because he was really a light in my life. But then that's when I had this realization where I was like, he had to climb Mount Everest. And he knew that he could die, right? It's not something that you do on an average Saturday. There's tons of planning, training that goes into it. And so that's when I looked at Dan's choice to climb Mount Everest, this huge risk. Um, and to live his truth at the expense of his very life, compared to me afraid to like walk across the street, and that's when I realized that we humans we have a we have finite resources, and our primary resources are time and energy, and you could also argue our health, right? And if we have these limited resources, we can spend them on being afraid of death and hiding in our houses and not driving the car and being scared all the time, trying not to die, or we can expend them living our most vibrant life while we're still alive. And so that was the moment that I decided to take my resources away from death anxiety and put them towards living while I'm still alive, because let's be real. I'm extremely klutzy. I will probably die like falling down the stairs or something. (laughs) So I might as well just like not even fear it.
0: Really. Poignant uh, explanation. I appreciate that. You know, talking about death anxiety—it's something so prevalent uh, in our society, and we don't talk about it, right? We've done so many studies, and across the board, there's just so many forms of death anxiety. People are afraid of all these things, and and that's okay. It, you know, that's a tool. that keeps us safe. Uh, and talking about the two things that humans need, which are safety and novelty, and you know, we just lean really, we've really leaned into safety, right? Stay safe, be safe. A lot of scarcity thinking. And it sounds like you just, you know, actively chose to switch that, uh, switch the switch, <laughs> whatever that is, mm-hmm. turn that over into and, and focusing the energy towards more novelty, kind of a calculated risk, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely a calculated risk. And let's be honest, a couple of things. Number one, I am still scared. I've just chosen to focus on the fear of not living before I die, as opposed to dying. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm still, I still fear doesn't go away. It's part of being human. I'm just now terrified of not living before I die, um, as opposed to channeling that en- energy into not dying because when, where, and how I die is largely out of my control, but how I live until that mystery moment comes is within my control. And so I choose to focus on that. And that's when I created the, that's when, you know, when Dan died was when I had this moment, like, Oh my God, you might die tomorrow. Like I, it was a f- acceptance of this. It was a realization that it's outside of my control. And then that fit into So what am I going to do? I'm just going to, I'm going to live today. And that was when I just realized that all that death anxiety was then channeled into the realization that death is this amazing awareness of our mortality is this amazing motivator it it raises the value of the present moment and makes every day a limited time offer and it really set me on fire to live and so that's what I have been sharing over the past three years through my the movement my art uh installations my book and um
0: just in the way that I live truly yeah so say more about your book your art installations what do you do
1: Yes. So mostly I went to, I'll tell a little story, which is that I went to uh, Plum Village. I had gone through a breakup and it was just feeling very empty inside. So I went to Plum Village, which is Thich Nhat Hanh's monastery. Thich Nhat Hanh is an amazing spiritual teacher that talks a lot about the preciousness of life and the preciousness of the simple moments of being alive. And, uh, I was able to sign up for a, Uh, one-on-one with one of the sisters, one of the nuns. And through this week, I had really had my light reignited through meditation and through meditation walks and my time at Plum Village. And so I was super excited because I was about to publish my book. And I just had this burning question for the sister. And that was, how can I be the best teacher of this message? This message of you might die tomorrow, so live today. Like this bearer of this, I believe, ancient secret, this ancient key to living a good life, which is being aware of and accepting our mortality. So I go up to this sister and we're like, you know, it's it's this in France outside of Bordeaux in the countryside and there's a tree and we're sitting on this bench and there's birds tweeting. And I just tell her my whole story that I just told you about the deaths and the death anxiety and how I had quit my job to travel around the world. And when I realized truly that I might die tomorrow and that now I'm writing this book to share this message with everybody. And I said, with tears in my, on my face, I said, how can I be the best teacher of this message? And she just looked at me and she had this beaming, clear, pure face and she smiled and she said, your life is the message. And that was not what I expected to hear your life is the message. Your life is the message because this echoes in my mind. Now I wanted her to tell me how to be a good teacher or how to project my voice or, or how to, you know, appear to this as this performer in the world, share this message. And she was just saying, live your message, live your truth in your life. And you will be the most shining beacon of what living like you might die tomorrow looks like. And so first and foremost, living my life in this way is I believe not only for myself, but for every single person to enjoy our life, to be our most vibrant expression of ourself is a huge part of our life's purpose. And so along the way, the projects that I've done are, I've done some art installations. I also am a painter and, um, I wrote the book called you might die tomorrow. So live today. I write on this topic. I am a steward of this message And truthfully, I'll pause here, but my message is changing a little bit. Um, I'm starting my next book soon, which is all about the idea of cultivating a sense of aliveness in our everyday life. Exciting,
0: exciting. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that really encapsulates, you know, it's kind of meta, right? You're living your life showing people this is you know, what this looks like and really saying that's what everyone should be doing, right? Is living their life as their own message, not maybe the same message, but whatever it is, how you live your life shows people what you're about.
1: Well, and the only reason that I know this is because of all of the research that I've done and all of the wonderful end of life care workers that I have met over the years and doing this work, because again, that is what has taught me how to live my life, right? Like I knew I wanted to live a good life. Like I came up with this, with this pithy catchphrase, you might die tomorrow, so live today. But then I spent the next five years saying, well, what does live today mean? look like, right? Like, oh, it sounds great. Live today, go skydiving, quit your job, blah, blah, blah. But truly what I've learned over the past five years about living a good life has come end of life care workers taught me, have taught me what it means to live, leave a, leave a good life. Well, actually that's appropriate to live a good life and to leave a good life. Right.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Have you had a chance to ever work in end of life care? I haven't. No. I mean, I've uh, have a lot of
1: people that I connect with who connect with my work. And of course, I connect with their work, end of life care workers, death doulas, hospice workers, and, and on and on. But no, I personally have never done any of that work, but I do feel a calling for it.
0: Mm. Oh, that's fun. like to see where that leads (laughs) i know i know
1: yes actually i um yeah hospice austin is a wonderful organization as most hospices and um, palliative care places are but i um i was like ready to start volunteering right when covid happened they're like oh well you'll just have to wait a little bit longer i was like okay the timing will come yeah Yeah. But to wrap up our question from, from before we were just talking about, you know, I created this movement, which is you might die tomorrow. So live today, which sounds great. Right. And it is very, very powerful, but what does so live today look like? What is living a good life? And that was really when I came, when I came up with this movement and people started following it, I went on my own quest to discover what does living a good life look like? And a huge majority of what I learned came from people who work in end of life care and people on their deathbeds or who have had terminal illness or near death experiences themselves because they have this incredible you know inhibition free societal expectation free uh look into into how to live a good life and one of those talking back to Your life is the message is I believe part of our life's journey and part of our life's purpose is to shed those layers of of um, masks and inhibitions to be our true self. Because so many people on their deathbeds have this sense of like, oh, I held back too much. Oh, I lived to be the person that I thought people wanted to meet to be versus who I truly am. And so I use that as my lesson number one in my life to Kate, you got to really be you. You got to let your light shine. You got to be weird. You got to be wonderful. You got to let your freak flag fly. And that is the path to living your most full life.
0: I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm a therapist and that's all my job is, right? Is really helping people be who they are and express themselves. And I love every bit of that um, because society is so tough on us, right? So many rules. And again, they're there to help keep us safe. We get that, Um, but it might not be where the richness is, Mm -hmm. you know, so really digging in and, and seeing where that takes us. Well, that is amazing. So you are doing a new, you're kind of pivoting, um, but everyone should go and check out your website become part of the team and get that dang sticker um, yeah, because yeah. I think that's so cool. I love the pictures of everybody with the sticker that says you might die tomorrow because it <laughs> kind of just tells everybody like what journey you're on. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I want to put that on a backpack, walk around. Yes. I don't, go, I don't Backpack, go camping, water
1: bottle. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't go camping. People put it's coming it in, their in the city,
0: you know? Okay, there we go. Random people. but
1: <laughs> Bathroom mirror, right? Wake up and see it and be like, all right, that's how I'm going to live today.
0: Yeah, get out there, do the thing, whatever the thing is. Yeah.
1: But my new project, just to seek into what you were just saying. So, you know, I think that mortality awareness, which is something that we all pretty much everyone listening to this podcast has some experience with mortality awareness is, or living like you might die tomorrow is just, it's a path to living our most vibrant life, right? Like death is going to happen, right? It's Mm -hmm. largely outside of our control, but I believe that By um, one way, to harness that ability to live our most fulfilled life is to think about death. Death Mm -hmm. motivates us to stop procrastinating, it motivates us to live in the present moment, it motivates us to take calculated risks. But I also believe that you don't have to necessarily use mortality awareness to find that sense of motivation and presence. And so one thing that I'm very passionate about right now is not letting life pass us by. And this transcendent sense of aliveness that pretty much all of us have felt at some moment in our lives. Some people feel it when we're doing the dishes. Some people feel it when we are doing physical exercise or in deep conversation with someone that we care about. But I I encourage you to right now, everyone listening, to think about something in your life that you do that gives you that sense of aliveness. When you forget about time, when you feel connected, when your problems seem to rise up off of your shoulders, and you just feel really connected to you, to your soul. And I want you to note what that is in your life that makes you feel alive, and connect it to that sense of feeling alive and realize that when you're doing those things, you're enjoying your life and you're maximizing your time that you have in your life. And so my current project is all about helping people cultivate those sense, that sense of aliveness for at least one moment every single day, because I don't believe that one day should pass with us still alive and kicking without having one moment where we can look around and be like, Oh my God, life is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, my life is so such a disaster right now, but I am alive and this this challenge that I'm going through is a beautiful part of growth in my life, to be able to look up at the sky and notice the clouds, to feel the breath in our chest, like to to have a whole day pass without even feeling that for one moment, I think is, um, is a huge loss. And so now I'm on a quest to help everybody feel alive every single day, not through necessarily skydiving or traveling, but even just like I said, looking out the window, slowing down to enjoy those simple moments of being alive.
0: I love that. And I, let's see if, if this is, feels genuine to you. Is it sounds like your first attempt, right? With you might die tomorrow. Was a slightly more gentle way to look at your mortality than, you know, just telling people, Hey, you should know that you're going to die. Right. It's kind of a funny, inviting way for people to, to touch that. And I I love that because I think that's so important with so many people walking around with death anxiety, it's really hard to get people to understand that it's a useful tool um, because they're just not there. They're not ready for that yet. And now it sounds like your next project is even more gentle. Like this, holding both things that we're gonna die, but also fuck, it's so beautiful outside. <laughs> I know. Butterflies and shit. Yeah. On.
1: Yeah. And I think that they're, they're just obviously intimately related because I feel like having the foundation of mortality awareness and, and really becoming intimate with that and inviting that into our lives. Like I said, that's the foundation that gives us the ability to be free in our lives. It gives us the motivation to want to feel alive every single day. Mm -hmm. It gives us that value to the present moment that is constantly, um, is constantly at risk. And now with, uh, you My next book will be called Enter the Kaleidoscope. And the kaleidoscope is what I call that transcendent moment. It's not just the kaleidoscope of the beauty that's around us all the time, not only outside, but in our houses, right? Like we surround ourselves with these, these comforts, these people relationships, but there's also a kaleidoscope inside of us. And so while Yes, I think you are totally right, right? Like you might die tomorrow is is pretty provocative. And this idea of feeling alive is a little bit more uh, palatable Mm -hmm. to truly get to the point where you can feel alive every single day it makes me cry every day. It's an overwhelming feeling and it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to be able to not suppress that huge well of emotion and transcendence that comes from opening up to the beauty of life that's around us. And it is, it's is—it's a challenge. I challenge all of you to open up to the beauty and wonder that's outside in your life as well as inside of you and know that if you can cultivate that moment, even if you have to force yourself to do it a little bit every day, you're creating these neuroplastic um, connections in your mind that I've been cultivating this practice over four or five years now. And it just happens to me spontaneously. I can push myself into that kaleidoscope of wonder at any moment. And if I can do it, you can too. And so if you want to feel like you are on like amazing, happy, joy pills, kind of like you're on mushrooms a little bit every day, completely drug-free, like follow me and I will teach you how to get there.
0: (laughs) I'll sign up for that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So now we're all on the edge of our seats waiting for that um, pre-sell button to come up on your website. I'll wait for it patiently. It'll be a
1: hot minute y'all. I just started writing the book and I, you know, I really just got to the point in my work where I felt comfortable transitioning away from you might die tomorrow. That's been my baby, my project for the past five years. And so going from really focusing in on the power of mortality awareness to transitioning now to feeling deeply alive and cultivating that transcendent experience for ourselves. It's a change, right? They're interrelated, but it is a change. And now I'm like, I'm full, I'm full in it, man. We're, we're going down that road. We're going to enjoy our lives and let our freak flags fly. If it's the last thing we do.
0: I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do this and no pressure, but now we're all waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you made that sound really good. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't have any passion about this topic at all. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. So we got a little bit into your hopes. We can see what you're building for the future. What have the challenges been um, for being this artist and author, you know, kind of being provocative and, and pushing this limit?
1: well as everyone listening who works in end of life care knows talking about death is still really challenging and and especially a provocative phrase like you might die tomorrow it is it's been an uphill battle for sure it's been it's been an uphill battle to get people to open up to it to listen to it and to bring it into consciousness but thanks to the work that everyone here is doing, including you, Mitzi, right? Like we are creating this shift, this paradigm shift right now. People are opening their mind. And to be honest, we've all gone through a near-death experience now with, with COVID, right? Whether you contracted COVID or not, at some point it's probably crossed your mind, I could die from this. And this mm-hmm. it's a this prevalent pandemic. And mm-hmm. so we can share in that near-death experience that we've had and we can cultivate from that the benefits of mortality awareness um, and it has gotten easier is what I'm trying to say is from when I started this project five or six years ago until now people are much more open to talking about mortality to realizing that um, life can be really beautiful when you invite death in and um, and so now yeah, my, my passion is helping people feel alive with that awareness of mortality. And so it's a whole new challenge, right? Because now I'm trying to rewire everyone's brains for, for transcendent experiences and brave, vibrant living.
0: You sound like you're up for a challenge. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Challenge, sign me up. Okay. Yeah. It's really
1: good. And I'll just continue by saying that Thich Nhat Hanh's work uh, has been very important for me because... I want, you know, what what death has taught me is that I want to live all of life, right? And there's this amazing song, Everlong, by the Foo Fighters. I encourage you to listen to it. But the chorus of that song is all about, like, don't stop when I say when. You know, if everything could ever be this real forever, please don't stop when I say when. And so my journey has been going from this very positive person talking about mortality to now realizing that if I want all of life and I want to be open to all of life and live my most vibrant life, that means I have to accept pain. I have to love my pain. I have to accept death. I have to love death. And so the journey that I've also been on and, and is an intimate part of the conversation about feeling alive is feeling alive. Isn't it about just this amazing psychedelic experience? It's about seeing your aliveness in your struggle, seeing your aliveness in pain and, and knowing that it's all part of this beautiful life path that we're on that ultimately results in mortality, but that every moment is precious, whether it is joy on top of a mountain, jumping out of an airplane, um, drinking your tea or crying on the couch because things just hurt.
0: Yeah. And accepting each one of those experiences is for what they are, right. Mm -hmm. Being alive. Yeah. Good and bad.
1: Yeah. My three A's are, I want to be fully awake, I want to be fully aware and I want to be fully alive. And so that's, that's what I keep in my mind is awake, alive, and aware. Wow.
0: Does that come to you, you know, as you're on your daily experiences, is that kind of what you come back to? Is it kind of a mantra or meditation or your call? It is. And I must
1: love A's. I'm just realizing this right now, but in my book, I talk about how the three main responses to death are anxiety, apathy, or action. So I didn't realize I have three, two sets of A's, but I do. And so, right. Like if you, if you're thinking about death, that fear of death or mortality awareness. You can respond with anxiety, fear, which was what I did, we did, Mm -hmm. right? For I was in deep anxiety for a year. You can respond with apathy, which is nihilism, nothing matters, like whatever, we're gonna die, I don't care. Or you can respond with action, which is channeling that energy toward living your most vibrant life. And so both of those, like, you know, wanting to live awake, alive, and aware, and realizing that I have a choice with what I do with my time and energy, which is responding with anxiety, apathy, or action. Um, those two things, I think, help help keep me balanced and just like, you know, A, A plus, A's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And so, they, the second three A's, sorry, one last okay. thing. The second three A's, the awake, alive and aware, you can put those in any order you want. Those actually came to me when a year and a half ago, I decided to stop drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided that like, you know, again, this, this is me on this path to wanting to be fully alive. And I realized that, you know, wasting, you know, I drank too much for sure, but wasting that percentage of my life, 30%, whatever percent it was that I was spent drinking, mm-hmm. anesthetized forget, you know, forgetting things dulled dimmed that was not living fully alive for me and so whether it be accepting my pain or choosing to live a sober life to me those are all funneling up to my cardinal cardinal value in life which is living fully alive
0: wow oh thank you so much for sharing that i think that's an important piece really i think a lot of people will hear that and and connect with it honestly Um, okay. So where can people find you?
1: I am on all the things you can go to my (laughs) website. And if you scroll to the bottom of my website, you can get a free sticker that I will personally send to you in a snail mail with a cute stamp. Uh, But I want everyone to have one of these stickers and place it somewhere that will remind you that, that life is short, that the time to start living is, um, is this moment in the beautiful palm of our, our hands. So yeah, go to my website and follow me on Instagram or Facebook on both of those. You can find me by searching Kate Manser or you might die tomorrow. And then my book is on everywhere books are sold online and um, keep bothering me about the Enter the Kaleidoscope book. Um, it'll be my motivation to keep writing.
0: <laughs> Did you hear that everyone? Okay. <laughs> we could get our way We have that book in our hands. Okay. Yeah. Everyone grab that book follow Kate on everything. And Kate, I just want to thank you for being here and giving your time and sharing your beautiful van uh, for anyone watching the video mm-hmm. on YouTube. You can see her awesome van. If you're listening to the podcast, you should check on over because you get to see the cute puppy and everything else. Yeah. So I highly recommend pajamas. that. Pajamas. Oh,
1: Pajamas, the dog.
0: And so well behaved and and didn't interrupt our podcast one bit.
1: Oh yeah. She's like a cat, you know, she's just <laughs>
0: Uh, thank you, for everyone, for joining us uh, for this episode of Dead Funny, Dead Serious. If you like this, please share and like this video. It helps us uh, get out to more people and share this message. Thanks again, Kate. And we will see everyone in the next episode. Make the memories that will